Sage's Stories. Welcome to today's episode of Sage's Stories, the official podcast of Sage's, the Society of American Gastrointestinal and Endoscopic Surgeons. Please make sure to hit the like button and subscribe so you can stay up to date with our most recent episode and enjoy the show. Hi, everyone. It's time for episode seven of Sage's Stories, where we shine the light on some of Sage's most impactful leaders. I'm your co-host, Dr. Kevin L. Hayek, coming to you from frigid Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> and I'm Dr. Sharin Tofai in not as frigid LA, but... Kevin, we are having a cold wave coming through. So no joke, I am wearing thermal underwear under my scrubs. I don't believe it. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I heard that people who live in Southern California actually get 30% more out of their lives than those of us here in the Midwest. Really? Yeah, apparently it's uh, because uh, they never talk about the weather in places like Southern California because it's always 70 and sunny. Whereas in places like Ohio or Minnesota, or Wisconsin, for that matter, makes up about 30% of our conversation, the weather. So <laughs> there you go. Yet another reason for you to move out to the West. But, you know, you will lose that 30% in the taxes you'll have to pay here. Yeah, see, we gain it back. Our money. <laughs> Time is money. Well, maybe someday. Um, in any case, we are excited for today's episode where we have changed up the format somewhat to include two fantastic guests I guess we feel like we were starting to get the hang of this side hustle, as uh, John Mellinger called it. So we can start to spread our wings a little bit. That's right. Pretty soon. I think we should be fully syndicated show. What do you think? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. All right. Meanwhile, we are thrilled to welcome on today's show both doctors Archana Ramaswamy and Jake Greenberg. You know, I think I picked them because they are the hernia surgeon buddies of mine. And of course, hernia surgeons rock. <laughs> Absolutely. And by the way, they also happen to be the program co-chairs of the SAGES National Meeting, which will be held this year, March 16th through 19th, 2022, in Denver, Colorado. We will dig yeah. into what's in store for the annual meeting a bit later, but first, let me introduce Dr. Jake Greenberg. He is most recently Professor of Surgery and Director of the Augusta University Comprehensive Hernia Center. Jake completed his medical school training at the University of Pennsylvania and his general surgery residency at Brigham and Women's Hospital in Boston. You may have heard some of, about some of these Ivy League institutions. Very nice pedigree, Jake. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> he then went on to complete a fellowship in minimally invasive surgery and bariatric surgery at the University of Massachusetts. Following that, he was in, at the University of Wisconsin for 10 years, where his roles included program director of the general surgery residency and medical director of the UW University of Wisconsin um, Comprehensive Hernia Center. Welcome, Jake. Thank you very much for the incredibly kind introduction. And in this corner, we have Dr. Archanel Ramaswamy, who is also professor of surgery, but at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis. There, she also serves as the Associate Program Director of the General Surgery Residency Program, as well as the Surgery Medical Student Clerkship Director. Archana started a little further north at the prestigious McGill University in Montreal, where she completed both medical school and general surgery residency, 
After a few years in private practice, she moved south to Emory, where she completed a minimally invasive surgery and bariatric surgery fellowship. As mentioned, she's now settled as faculty at the University of Minnesota. During her journey, she also obtained a healthcare MBA from St. Thomas in Minneapolis. In addition to many other roles, she is also on the board of SAGES and the American Hernia Society. Welcome, Archana. Thank you very much. So congratulations to both of you. You are the first duo on SAGES Stories. So bear with us as we try and tackle this format. Kevin and I like to talk. And we like to hear people talk too. <laughs> we also like to hear your stories. So we will try and keep this podcast within a reasonable time because I personally can talk to you two forever. So you're great people. I I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. Well, I, we are very excited to be here um, and feel privileged. And I at least am a little intimidated based on the pedigree <laughs> of the folks that you have so far interviewed. You're right Agreed. up there. You guys Agreed. are right up there. So as you may know, uh, our podcast, uh, Sages Stories, we really like to focus on the story of our guests. We go to so many meetings and we learn about surgery and medical care. We sometimes miss learning about the people who are involved in our society and those that are really pushing for advancement in our field. So Jake, why don't you go first? Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where did you grow up? What were some of the highlights of your journey so far? And then hopefully you'll end up in um, telling us what made you move to Georgia very recently. Yeah, so I, um, I was born and, and grew up in Philadelphia uh, in a suburb just outside the Northeast. Um, uh, my father was an attorney in Philadelphia. My mother was a piano teacher. Um, and I have three siblings, an older brother, younger brother, and youngest sister. Um, we all started uh, mandatory piano lessons at like the age of five or six. And then everyone started picking up different instruments along the way because we had a very, very musical background in our family with my oh. mom and brothers. Um, I make our kids listen to this now. Jim. Yeah, exactly. So yes. my mom's brothers were um, uh, pretty famous jazz musicians. And so my whole life, I wanted to be a musician. That was what I wanted to do through like high school. Um, and I was, as I was applying to colleges, I was applying to music schools and also to universities. And my uncles, the jazz musician said, look, you're, you're a, a smart kid. Like, don't be a musician. Uh, it's not a good lifestyle. You're constantly away from your parents. One of them had actually, unfortunately, been a heroin addict at times. Um, mm -hmm. And they said, you know, be, be a professional and then have this be, again, your side hustle. Uh, and um, I took those words to heart. Um, I studied music, actually, uh, at Penn. So that was my major because it was still my passion. Um, but did all the requirements for pre-med and uh, at that point sort of was just on the, the, the pathway towards medical school and surgery. You know, during, med during your time when you were applying, there was some research, research paper that came out that showed that the best medical students are the ones that play an instrument. Do you remember that? Yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, it's interesting as a program director, that was always something that I looked for. Like, I always looked for people that were musicians or athletes or um, really like had some sort of skill set where they had to learn how to practice. Um, and ideally practice something that also had eye hand coordination, which is both music and sports, but anything where they learn how to practice, I think they really learn how to how to um, learn from their mistakes, continue to improve. And I think that makes the best residents to train. So I, I totally agree. Yeah. Um, and then in med school, I, I like wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something in surgery, um, 
But I, at the time, like looked around at some of the general surgery attendings and many of them were divorced or on their second or third wives. Um, it was a pretty <laughs> malignant program. And I was like, that, that doesn't look great. Um, so I looked at plastics, looked at the ortho ENT, and I just couldn't find anything I liked. And then I found a mentor um, who was a colorectal surgeon at Penn, uh, fairly young attending, but had had really taken to laparoscopic colectomies. And it was sort of, sort of the first exposure to real MIS cases that I got to see. And I just fell in love with um, those procedures. And then also, uh, honestly, with him, I just thought he was an ideal role model. He was an excellent physician. He was a family man married with three kids and really happy and took great care of his patients and was doing all this cool, minimally invasive stuff. And I was like, all right, I want to be that. Who so, was that surgeon? His name is Howard Ross. Um, wow. He was the program director at Temple for a while. Um, and is now uh, a chief of surgery at a, at a hospital in New Jersey and it escapes me, but uh, a close friend and mentor um, to today, actually. So we've stayed in touch. Um, and then when I got to residency, I thought I was going to do colorectal because I just wanted to be him. Um, went all through the years of residency planning to do that and uh, was filling out an application in colorectal surgery. And my wife, who is a breast surgeon, said, you know, you don't like colorectal surgery. You actually like laparoscopy and MIS and you should do MIS. And I just as a, you know, dutiful husband said, aye, aye, Captain, I'll switch. My <laughs> well done. Well done. I, I take I take advice and uh, and feedback. So um, and then that was it. Uh, went to UMass where I had an incredible experience with, uh, with all the faculty there and John Kelly, who was the, the fellowship program director. And then um, my wife got recruited to UW um, right around that time. Um, and it was a great job for me there too. Uh, and it was a fantastic 10 years with uh, great people, great partners, um, just a, a wonderful place to live and, and a lot of uh, personal and professional happiness and success. And, uh, and then my wife got recruited to be chair of surgery at MCG, which is why we're now down in Georgia. Um, and so far, so good. Yeah, we all love your wife. I do too. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, all the time. This is recorded. Crap. Yeah, yeah this is recorded. All yes, all the time. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right, your turn, Archana. So I'm, I'm sensing we're going to hear a little bit about a Canadian upbringing, if I'm not mistaken. You... You won't be the first Canadian on the, the podcast, as you know, uh, but can you also share a little bit about growing up and maybe some key points in your journey? Sure. So I was actually born in India, but uh, my parents moved to Montreal when I was five. So I grew up in Montreal and um, I, as much as you hear about um, Indian people, you know, expecting their children to be doctors or engineers, I'm not quite sure that my parents had such expectations for me, and um, nor did I really. My main goal when I was a teenager was that I really loved hockey, and uh, my parents would not let me play because they said that was not a game for a girl, um, and, and I was like, you know, I love hockey. How do I get the, the, the closest to my favorite hockey team, the Montreal Canadiens, who, yes, I know they suck this year, but they have won 23 Stanley Cups. They have, um, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. enough. That's enough. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not. But regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, somehow, you know, the way the teenage brain works or does not work, I decided I was going to be a sports medicine doctor and be the team doctor for the Montreal Canadiens and be with them at all times. A so was that in your personal oh. statement? Was, it, um, was your personal statement uh, rushing out onto the ice to, to 
you know, get the cleat or the uh, blade out of someone's side, you know? Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't remember my personal statement anymore. It's been that long, but I don't think I, um, yeah, I went into details about uh, my stalkerish love of hockey. Um, but so I went to medical school at McGill and, uh, and then I stayed there to do my residency. And throughout my residency, I'm not really quite sure I knew what I wanted to do after. Um, I loved residency and I just kind of enjoyed every moment of it. And um, there, I um, one of my, my main mentor there was Jerry Freed, who of course all of you know as a past president of Stages. Um, and uh, when I was a PGY5, just kind of wandering along, you know, and just loving life, but not knowing what I wanted to do, he kind of sat down. I'm not even sure that he sat down. It was one day in the OR. He's like, what are you going to do next year? I'm like, I don't know. Maybe I'll get a job. And he's like, um, I think you should do this. He's like, you're, you're good at this. You should do this uh, MIS stuff. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, okay, sure. <laughs> That's what you say. It was, it was too late to apply for fellowship that year. And um, so I kind of went off and did some locums, did some, uh, did some, uh, school work towards um, a master's in epidemiology, which I never finished because I then got into a fellowship. Um, and so that's when I went down to Emory and, uh, and there met some other mentors and uh, have just been super fortunate, honestly, in my life in terms of, uh, of meeting people who have just um, totally given me amazing opportunities. And it's like way up north, so you're kind of close to Canada. Um, yes, Minnesota is actually, um, it's a good, uh, I think five to seven hours from the border, even though it seems like we're very <laughs> far. Such, such a big state. It's so yes. big. Yeah. McGill is amazing. I actually, my mentor in undergrad uh, was from McGill and I just adored him. And so I actually applied to McGill just for him. And so yeah, what a great institution. Um, okay, let's talk about your families, if that's okay with you. Uh, a lot of the common theme we we seem to have is, you know, surgeons and their families. I've met both your families. Um, you've got cute, cute kids, Archana, it's really great. Uh, maybe the two of you will be willing to share a little bit about your families and how they integrate with your life. Uh, maybe Archana, you can start that. So Shireen, um, you remember my kids as being cute. That's not them anymore. It's been that long <laughs> since you've seen them. <laughs> they are. They're all grown up. They're all yep. grown up, yeah. <laughs> they tower over me and um, we'll be leaving the house nice. this wow. year. So yeah, I've, uh, wow. I have two boys, twins, who are will be 18 in the... Uh, in less than three months we have we have twins all the time we have everybody has twins on our show right yeah the two twins another set of twins this this is a this is amazing joe however like you know does everything to the extreme and <laughs> had two sets of twins i only had one <laughs> but yeah um and so it's 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 as everybody says, right? The the hours are long and the years are short, and that's that's exactly how I feel in terms of how things have gone with my kids. Where are they going next year? Um, so that's still in the works right now. Mm, yeah. um, 
we have not heard, they have not heard back from all of the places that they've applied to. So we'll see. There is a good chance one of them may um, leave the country. Wow. And not because of extradition papers or anything like that. Just <laughs> we just wanted to clarify that. Yes. Good. Good. Please. Thank you. Jake, how about you? So we have uh, three kids, um, about to be 15-year-old daughter uh, who is in ninth grade, a 13-year-old daughter, and then an eight-year-old son. Um, all of them are, all three of them are incredibly different kids, but all very, very awesome in their own individual ways. Um, the oldest and youngest are a lot like me, very sort of outgoing, very gregarious, very talkative. The middle one is uh, the physical and uh, mental and psychological spitting image of her mother. She is incredibly smart, um, but much more just kind of like chill and introverted and, and is happy to sit up in her room and build like worlds out of Legos. Um, but uh, but all three are just great kids and, and have done really an incredible job of, a, of adapting to a new city and uh, moving, you know, like basically right in high school and middle school, which is, I think, a tough time for for uh for girls at baseline but uh but they've really done an incredible job with the move and and they're super fun to be around so they're great so obviously i'm sure family takes up a fair amount of your time and and jake we heard a little bit about music what what are some other things you two like to do when you're not in the or you're not in the office jake why don't you start um I so those definitely family and music are sort of like the two big things. I love going to live concerts when they they are uh, COVID free. Um, uh, I like golf. Spend a lot of time on a golf course. I think it's a nice way to ruin a good walk. Um, and uh, and we used to love to travel and eat out and do all the things that we used to do before the pandemic, which have been put on a little hold. But hopefully, we'll be starting back again now as as things kind of open up and, and this gets better and better. So um, definitely like to stay active and, and uh, with our family and out and about as much as possible. How about you, Arjuna? So I, I like uh, the solo sports of uh, gardening and cooking. Um, and, uh, and really, you know, I often say, I, I think I could have been a stay at home mom if I could have just spent all my time doing that, which is, of course, not what stay-at-home moms do. <laughs> They're managing so many other things. Um, and otherwise, as kind of as group events with my family, we really love to travel. And that's um, that's really um, what we, we do a lot of. We've been fortunate enough, I think, to even be able to do some traveling during the pandemic, um, both within the U.S., which I think was a... Um, a little bit of a new opportunity to us to start discovering that we we actually love national parks um, in the uh, summer before the vaccine and then since then we've been slowly venturing out when it's been safe um, to, to go back to our world travels what were some of your favorite places you've been to um we went to we went to south africa this last summer um, a two-week trip that was cut short by a week due to them going up to a higher level of lockdown. But um, I think that the uh, safari experience that we had was absolutely mind-blowing to all of us. And um, we all love Iceland, which just, again, feels like you're on a different planet. Yes, for sure. I was there this uh, summer. It's like you're yeah. on, on literally a different Mars. planet. Yeah, yeah Mars. Yeah, like for sure, Mars. Well, a yeah. few different planets, depending on which area you go to, right? <laughs> yeah. um, 
And then I think honestly, last year we went to um, we went to Yellowstone, and that was just absolutely mind blowing for us. Those, yeah, South Africa, South Africa, and Iceland are two places I have not yet been, so I they're definitely on the list. Yeah, highly recommend Iceland either um, during the summer when it's the warmest. <laughs> <laughs> Or I guess it's around uh, like November, December when you get the northern lights. Yeah. But it's really cold then. So you would never see me there. (laughs) (laughs) Wondering. (laughs) Have you been there? (laughs) I've seen you at 50 degree weather, Sharon. And you have like a parka on. (laughs) Yeah. You can tell which one. You can tell which one I am. (laughs) 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 Well. I mean, I love your stories. You guys are both awesome people. I feel like we really uh, struck the jackpot having not just one, but two hernia surgeons on today's show. Oh my gosh. Honestly, I was getting so tired of all the hepatobiliary questions that Kevin kept asking all the guests. <laughs> it was getting a little redundant. <laughs> oh, um, but uh, on that note, um, both of you do have a very special interest in hernias. So obviously the best field in the world. So what kind of brought you to that part of general surgery, Jake? Um, That was honestly sort of just circumstance, to be honest. Um, So the the fellowship at UMass was definitely geared more towards bariatric. Um, I did a lot of bread and butter hernias, a lot of small lap ventrals, lap inguinals. did a, a very small handful of like endoscopic component separations while there, um, but like maybe three or four, and that was about it. So, so didn't do a ton in fellowship. It was really much more sort of foregut and bariatric. But when I got to UW, um, there was absolutely no one doing hernias um, whatsoever. And so I, mm-hmm. I sort of said, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to do them. I actually enjoy it. I can do them both lap and open. So I, I'm happy to, to start seeing those patients. And then the floodgates just opened. Um, and uh, so I, when I was there, um, Carla Pugh was a member of our faculty and she was, uh, I think, planning a Sage's hands-on hernia course along with Mike Rosen and Brent Matthews. And she asked if I would be one of the faculty members for it. And it was like, I think only like my first or second year in practice. I was still very, very junior. Um, and because she sort of, put me in that position, I got to meet a lot of hernia surgeons, um, started chatting with them. We started doing collaborative research projects. I was teaching, I think, the lap ventral station at that thing. And I was like looking over as Mike Rosen was doing a tar so I could learn how to do that. And that was where I first saw one. Um, And so that that sort of her looking out for me and being a a great mentor as she is to so many people, I think put me in a position where I, I could continue to build my name and professional career around hernia because the practice was there. So um, so it was one SAGES member supporting another SAGES member, which is yeah. great. Yeah, and isn't that one of the main draws I feel of SAGES is there's so much family and camaraderie. I think we all have stories like that about someone supporting you to come in uh, and get involved, even though you may have thought you're too junior or maybe not at the right level to play the role that you were playing and then just get you involved, get your feet wet. And then here you are. Yep. Big man on campus. No, I don't know <laughs> about that, but, but it was, uh, it was definitely appreciated at the time. And, and um, I really feel was instrumental in, in, in helping me uh, advance in the society, which has been great. 
Yeah, and now you're program chair. I mean, it's such a great story. Uh, Archana, what about you? They always ask me, because I'm female, like, how'd you get into hernia surgery? So what's your story? It's different, but somehow very similar to Jake's as well. Um, one of my mentors in my fellowship was Bruce Ramshaw, the, who we all know very well. Um, and uh, so he obviously was already a, um, a big figure in abdominal wall and, um, and really so passionate about it and, um, and, and gave that over to all of us as fellows. And the rest of my um, training was really forgot and bariatrics, and I loved all of them a lot. Um, and so when um, Bruce um, actually um, got us to come up to Missouri, which is where I worked for seven years, um, he was kind of like, well, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I kind of like everything. And he was like, okay, well, great. And he was like, yeah, you can do bariatrics and you can do hernia. Um, and um, of course, at that point, our chair was Steve Eubanks, so the forget was kind of gone. Um, but it uh, it was you know every now and then you'd get a little bit. But um, so it gave me a great opportunity that there I had a mentor who I'd worked with in fellowship, and then afterwards got an opportunity again to work with him when I was an attending. And, um, and then he used to just kind of invite me here and there to give talks. And then somehow I, you know, just fell into that whole um, abdominal wall kind of gang and considered myself extremely lucky. Yeah, that's great. Right. Uh, we're gonna hear a little bit about the upcoming SAGES meeting in a few minutes, but, but before we get there, I think it's always interesting to hear how uh, our guests got involved in SAGES and sort of how they got even more involved in, in, into committees and, and ultimately the board, for, for example. So when did you first join SAGES and kind of talk a little bit about your SAGES journey, Archana? So the first, the first stages that I went to was actually before I started my fellowship, but I was really a, you know, I didn't know what it was about very much. And I just went and, uh, and I thought, wow, this is pretty, this is pretty impressive. Um, and then the year of my fellowship, of course, we all went to Sages and it was a completely different experience. Um, you know, we, we all had like, we had presentations and, um, we were with faculty who knew other people there and you were just kind of like, wow, is this the in crowd? This is a pretty darn cool in crowd. You were a fellow and you were like hanging out with all of these people who were part of the leadership. Um, and then, uh, and then the main event happened and I was like, this is interesting. Um, but you know, they <laughs> seem like fun people. <laughs> <laughs> then after that, um, I, I started getting invited to teach some of these Sages Fellows courses once I started working at Missouri. And I said, you know what, I, I love doing this, but I, I want to be more involved. And I went to Steve Eubanks, who was um, president that year and was my chairman. And I said, um, hey, Steve, I want to get more involved in Sages. You know, how, what do you, how do you think I should do this? And he's like, well, I'll put you in a couple of committees. He's like, do you know what you want to do? I'm like, no. And he's like, that's fine. I'll just pick a few and I'll put you on those committees. And I was like, okay. And so that's how I started. And I, at first, like, I mean, those first few committee meetings, I had absolutely no idea what was going on. And 
really trying to figure out where I fit in. Um, and then, you know, projects would come up and I'd be like, oh, well, this sounds really interesting. Yeah, sure, I'd be happy to do this. And I, I know you've heard this from a lot of your um, other guests, and it's really so much of Sages is showing up and picking something that's interesting to you and following through um, on, uh, on either the asks or just where you want to take it. And then after that, of course, like the staffers do the rest. You come up with an idea and, and they'll, they're there to completely support you to make it happen. Yeah, it's a super efficient society. I must say that. And Jake, at what level did you get involved at Sages? When was your membership? So I joined, um, I think, as a chief resident. Um, uh, Ashley Vernon, who was an MIS faculty member at, at the Brigham, I think, wrote my letter of support from the faculty. Um, and then actually, I, I as a fellow, I, I am pretty sure I did not go to the Sages meeting as a fellow because I think I went to ASMBS um, and presented there. Uh, a, a, a bariatric talk. So I think I missed Sages that year. So my first meeting was my first year in practice. Um, and at that meeting, um, it was, I think the San Diego Sages and Scott Melvin was the president. Um, John Gould, uh, when I was being, when we were being recruited to UW, John Gould was the, the section chief of MIS and was gonna be my boss. But during the time that we got recruited and when we actually got there, he moved to MCW. So I actually ended up sort of taking his job over. Um, but we had been in touch and I had met him a bunch of times. And so at, at that meeting, he introduced me to Scott Melvin and told Scott to please put me on a committee. And so I ended up on the publications committee, which was chaired at the time by Brian Jacob, who I went to summer camp with as a kid. Uh, and, um, I want pictures. I want yeah, pictures. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I hope those have all been stricken from the record, but uh <laughs> Um, but it's true. And then, and Scott Davis, um, and then uh, continued to just volunteer for stuff in that committee, ended up on uh, the hernia task force and on the raft committee. Um, and again, just kept trying to, to volunteer to do stuff. And, and as Archana said, I think the great thing about this society is as soon as you're on a committee, um, if you step up and do the work, people acknowledge it and you just keep advancing. And it is really very much a meritocracy. And I think the more that you put into it, the more you take out of the society as well. And I think it's just a, a really special society in that regard, because it doesn't feel like a little, um, you know, as Archon said, sort of like the in crowd, like the whole society is the in crowd, right? Once you're in, you're in. And, um, and I think if you show up, step up, do some work, you can, you can really advance and, and, um, and it's just great people, um, the best group of people. So it's so true. Really, the the surgical family is what it is. So true. Yeah, I think it's uh, you know going along that that line. I think it's probably a reasonable time to let our listeners know that uh, Sage's stories actually came to be during Archana's tenure as chair of the communications committee. And while you recently handed those reins to uh, the very able and uh, awesome Kelly McFarland. Can you tell us a little bit about, you know, chairing the communications committee and, and why the heck did you agree to let us do this podcast? <laughs> what were you thinking? <laughs> well, so the years that I was chair of the communications committee, there'd be various different ideas that would come up. And, um, and almost every single idea that came up, and this is what I love about Sages, if there's somebody who's willing to do the work, Sages will support it. And so 
all of the other things that we did within that committee it was somebody came up with the idea and everybody else was like okay how could we make this work and then as long as you found one or two champions for it was a run with it and the committee will support you and the sager staffers will support you so for me when the podcast idea came up and and then I kind of looked at the two of you and I was like, oh my God, I can't imagine anybody else who would, first of all, volunteer. And second of all, be able to actually do this. There was really no question. And it wasn't even a hard sell when I took it to the board. It's <laughs> just like, hey, so our next thing is we're going to do podcasts. And they're like, oh, wow. <laughs> we're like, yeah. Um, so yeah it's really the people it's the people who came up with the idea that uh we knew it was going to work uh does that mean kevin you and i are champions did you just call us champions as the olympics is coming up right <laughs> yeah, exactly. for champions. we are the champions uh, awesome so jake you and archna are preparing for what some have already called the best sages meeting ever. Absolutely. So I think I only heard it from Archna, but that's okay. <laughs> and um, me. And <laughs> me. And you. Yeah, we've heard it from two people. Yeah. yeah. Sure. Can you tell us what you're going to be putting together for the national meeting? Um, what goes into put, putting it, pulling it off during this kind of very weird time in our life? Yeah. So, um, so honestly, the, 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 the work of creating the meeting is sort of a well-oiled machine, right? Because Sages has been doing this so well for so long. And, and by Sages, I mean Carrie Ahern, who is the uh, Sages staffer who you get all the emails from about the meeting. She's an incredible, incredible um, person and can really, is like so diligent and on the ball and just knows um, her way around the meeting and what you have to do. And with her and Sally, um, everything just, just works really smoothly. You know, the, um, to me, like the, there were several parts of this that have been like incredibly intellectually fun and just interesting. Um, the first was at the very beginning of this process, Archana and I had a call with um, Leanne where we just asked Leanne, like, what are your visions for this meeting? Like, what are you hoping to pull off? And and she said in that meeting, she wants it to be welcome home sages, right? Even though the, the 2021 meeting is happening, there's going to be you know, less of an international poll, there's going to be less people than usual. And she was really hopeful that this would be the pandemic would be behind us. And this would be a, a welcome home and welcome back to all the international people that we haven't seen for so long. And to that end, we wanted to highlight some of the differences in the way that we do surgeries across the different continents. And so there's a lot of sort of worldwide perspective to certain disease processes in this year's um, program with a lot of speakers from from different countries representing what they do and why they do it that way. And then the other thing that we did was just we pushed out to all the committee members a call for for sessions and proposals and and what everyone turned back in was awesome. Uh, they turned in these great ideas about AI coaching video based assessment all these different educational stuff great colorectal sessions incredible HPB ideas. And then we said Okay, these look good that's the title of your talk here are your session chairs go plan it. And then as they started to come back in, we get to read these sessions. And I'm like, I want to go to that talk. I want to go to that session. I want to go to that session. They're at the same time. We're going to have to figure out what to do. Like the, the ideas of Sage's members were just so inspiring and great that, it, that the program honestly put itself together based on the work of everyone in the society. 
Um, so it's been really fun to watch sort of like this idea turn into now a, a program that I think is going to be fantastic. So Archana, as, as the program came together, what, what were some of the sessions that, you know, when you looked at them, made you smile and, and not the hernia ones? Because I know those always make you smile. Some of the non-hernia <laughs> sessions that, that you're like, wow, these are going to be great. And these are ones that I think are, are uh, going to impact our attendees in a, a pretty strong way. Yeah, absolutely. So we were going to make the, um, we were going to make it 90% hernia and 10% other stuff. <laughs> we decided, you know, yeah, we, yeah. we could get around that. Okay. By popular we, demand, of course. Yeah, backed by popular course. demand. I mean, yes. it's, it's always one of the top um, uh, learning themes identified, actually. Um, so we have a session about um, surgery in space. And, Interesting. Okay. Right. And so this we think is very different. It's going to be very interesting. I can't wait to go to it. Um, honestly, we are, um, I can't give too much away, but there will probably be an astronaut um, at this session, wow. an astronaut surgeon. Um, and then other than that, some other things that we really focused on as well are that one of um, the, the big themes that's come up in the last few years and that is also um, on the forefront of Leanne's presidency is DEI. So we have focused several sessions on DEI as well as, um, you know, wellness has come up both from when Horacio was president kind of going on forward into John Mellinger's presidency. And so we were also focusing on some sessions on surgeon wellness. Um, and these are, I mean, I'm of course super excited about the entire program, which is of course the best stages program ever. But I mean, these are some of the ones that I think were the, were the proudest of. Yeah, I, I'm super excited. Um, Denver will be a little bit cold, but that's okay. <laughs> I will bring you all kinds of warm yes. weather. Yes, just bundle up. It's, 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 okay. it's sunny at least, usually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this podcast is going to drop a few weeks before the meeting. Um, maybe you can address our audience because some may still be on the fence about potentially making the trip and traveling. Uh, what would you say to convince them to come? Because I will be there. You I will be, be there. there. Kevin will, will be there. there. Jake will be there. So there's at least four reasons for other people to join us. But uh, seriously, though, um, this is a, some, a serious topic, I'm sure, discussed at the board level. What do you have to say to our audience to convince them to come to Denver in person? You know, I think everyone, I think first and foremost, everyone has to do what they're comfortable with, right? In these times, there is no right answer to this. Um, uh, but I think that the the best reason to come to SAGE is, uh, is the people. Um, the people make this society, and I think that's what makes it so special. And getting the opportunity to, to see your friends from across the, the country and across the world um, in one meeting um, is just is is so much fun and invigorating and, and I think you leave every sages meeting completely fired up about going home and doing all the great stuff that you've talked about and learned and seen your colleagues doing and but more importantly you leave just kind of like excited about life having seen all your friends and gotten to catch up with everyone and that's hard to replace virtually right um, you can see all the talks everything's going to be live streamed you'll have access to everything even as the meetings going on basically this year which is a nice new change but you, it won't replace the interpersonal connections that you can make at this meeting which is really what i think makes the society so fantastic and i think we're at that point now where we're recognizing that you know as much as 
I, up till now, and I'm sure I will keep going on like this, we keep wanting it just to be all over and be in that post-pandemic world. None of us really know what that's going to be or if and when that's going to happen. And so it's starting to figure out how to safely have meetings during the pandemic. And um, we've definitely had a few, including Sages in Vegas, where we've learned, right, that we can run meetings safely. Um, and so we are, um, safety is an absolute um, requirement for our meeting, and we are hoping and expecting that we will be past this current wave when our meeting happens in March. And at the same time, we are requiring that all attendees of the meeting be vaccinated. Great. I think another fun fact for our listeners uh, is that the next segment is based on the We Are the Sages tune. Which is actually the tune that Archana was lobbying for to be both the opening and the closing of this podcast. Isn't that right, Archana? I heard you mention that in one of your previous podcasts. (laughs) That was overruled by someone. Oh, (laughs) oh, did we finally find out who that someone was? (laughs) Episode seven. You heard it here first. In any case, for this for this segment, we, we'd like you to dig back into your memory banks and share with us your most fun, crazy, wild sages moment. Keep in mind that the podcast is still currently rated safe. Uh, so why don't, why don't you start, Jake? Most fun, crazy sages moment. That's a tough question. Um, there are a ton of them. Honestly, I think one of the, so I think the first thing off, right? The first thing off when you don't know what you're going to see and what to expect, like, is just an eye opening thing uh, to see everyone up there just, you know, having the best time while kind of taking, taking themselves very lightly, especially when, when you take into account the fact that it's a lot of huge names in our, in our academic surgical world. For me, honestly, one of the best was this past sing off in, in Vegas, right? Just, that was the first time I saw any live music in like two years. Um, and I was seeing it in a room full of friends uh, that I that I just cared deeply about. And so to get to do that again really was special. Um, and and coming at a time where I think everyone was probably a little bit uh, mildly dysphoric, if not depressed, uh, that was a, a great pickup, I think, for me and for a lot of other people. So I think that was just a fantastic event. Yeah, that was very special in Vegas. Uh, the venue really made it very intimate too, which was yeah. nice. Uh, Archana, what was your favorite memory from Sages? So I, um, I love the main event. My only um, dislike is the actual sing-off portion of it. So <laughs> you were such a party pooper. I did oh not know this gosh. about you. Strong reaction. <laughs> Like, so, why don't we have another session during that time we should have a, a no, hernia no, no, no. session at the- it's a cringe let me explain i love music i love listening to music i love dancing um i love listening to jake play guitar because these are all people who are 
professional or just very talented at it. The sing-off is the opposite of that. <laughs> we might have to, this might get edited out, uh, yeah. actually. This, this is going to be I'm on the cutting sure room floor very quickly. the podcast. That's right. <laughs> Editor's note, oh, this is staying in and they're going to have to own it. It's blasphemous, I think. How, how could you not? <laughs> well, we've even had this conversation. There have been um, Sage's board meetings where, or actually leadership retreats, where one of the big topics of um, consideration is should the sing-off continue? Uh, everybody oh. always looks at me and goes, you cannot speak. Yes. <laughs> she, she recuses herself from that portion of the discussion. There's a conflict of interest. Yeah. I get recused. <laughs> I don't recuse myself. That's really too bad. You know, this is so the first time one? anyone's she... actually said anything negative about it. Yeah. So did you share a, 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 a you know, a, a memory or you're just talking about oh, anything you don't so like? like I I love the main event. Every single main event is absolutely amazing. Okay. Um, okay. I, I'm going to share one, which um, is one that's probably most memorable for me is Vegas, not this one though, the last Vegas meeting, um, which was the main event was in the House of Blues, which was like amazing. And then after that, you know, it's not like everybody wanders off to their hotels because it's Vegas. And I remember staying in um, wherever that was. And there was a couple of bars and everything else and we had a nice time I, I do recall one of our trainees who shall remain nameless um had such a fun time that evening that the next morning he had a talk where he had no voice Ooh, wow. yikes yikes yeah, yeah i think that was the bellagio member yeah i remember that one <laughs> Uh, you should have tracked where that unnamed trainee was doing all night. Did they have the same clothing on as the night before? Um, I don't recall that, but that unnamed trainee was out with all of us for most of that evening. The rest of us did not have an 8 a.m. talk. Yeah, those were killers. Um, uh, uh, please, listeners, that, that's, a, that's a pro tip. Sage's Pro Tip 101 by Arjuna Ramaswamy. Yes. This is true. We always learn so much from Arshna. She's always full of, you know, such great information. <laughs> always learning something. These are great stories, guys. I love it. We are so grateful that we got to spend this hour with you. Um, as we know, you have a lot of extra stuff outside of surgery going on in your lives. And it means so much to us that you did volunteer to dedicate your hour tonight with us. It just makes every Sage's episode of Sage's stories so memorable. And I love you both. Thank you so much for joining us. And I can't wait to see you in person in Denver. That's March, what is that? 16th through 19th, 2022. Can't wait to see you guys. It's going to be so much fun. And that wraps up today's episode of Sage's stories. You can view the show notes for additional information mentioned on the show. Also, please visit sages.org for membership information and for the most recent news from our society. Follow us on Twitter at sages underscore updates. Make sure you hit the like button and subscribe so you don't miss any new episodes. 
Tune in again next time. And remember, you can't spell minimally invasive surgery without sages.